Good evening, my fellow Michiganders. Good evening, my fellow Americans. My goodness gracious, we have a great, great show for you all here tonight on the Grassroots Army Podcast. Of course, I am your host, former Michigan gubernatorial candidate Garrett Soldano. So let me give you a little background about this organization that we're going to have on. This organization is called Gays Against Groomers. And I have been watching this organization over the past several months and watching what they have been doing across the country, standing up, going to school boards, going to city commission meetings, going to Senate educational committee meetings. We're going to bring on Mr. Robert Wallace, a representative out of Arizona with the organization on tonight. We're going to show a video of him standing up. And I tell you what, I'm impressed. And that's one thing that the radical left is very upset about is someone who's going to shoot down their narrative because they want to push out this narrative that the LGBT community is all for everything that they're doing in the schools, that they're indoctrinating the kids, taking away parents' rights to grooming, drag shows for the little ones. And when you have an organization that is growing at a very astronomical rate, standing up against it, obviously they are going to get a negative feedback from that. And so if you go to their website, Gays Against Groomers, they basically tell and, and describe themselves as an organization of gay people who oppose the recent trend of indoctrinating, sexualization, and medicalizing children under the guise of LGBTQIA+, also known as the Alphabet Mafia. Our community that once preached love and acceptance of others have been hijacked by radical activists who are now pushing extreme concepts onto society, specifically targeting children in recent years. The overwhelming majority, let me say that again, the overwhelming majority of gay people are against what the community has transformed into, and we do not accept the political movement pushing their agenda in our name. Gays Against Groomers directly opposes the sexualization and indoctrination of children. This includes drag queen story hours, drag shows involving children, the transitioning and medicalization of minors and gender theory being taught in the classroom. Kind of sounds like a lot of us, doesn't it? The activists backed by school boards, government, woke media, and corporations have been speaking on our behalf for too long, they say. When fighting for equality, our goal was to successfully integrate ourselves into society, but now these radicals aim to restructure it entirely in order to accommodate a fringe minority as well as seek to indoctrinate children into their ideology, excuse me, we're saying no. And so they are literally putting their money where their mouth is. So let me share with all of you their commercial that they produce for Pride Month. Here it is. There is no pride in indoctrinating children in schools. There is no pride in stripping parents of their right to protect their children. No pride in sexualizing children at drag shows. There is no pride in mutilating and sterilizing children in the name of gender-affirming care. This June, what are you proud of? Because we have some issues that we need to talk about. We're fighting back 
from inside the community. Join Gays Against Groomers in the battle against radical gender ideology that is destroying our youth. Wow. What a statement that is for sure. To release that during Pride Month, um, I am just a fan of this organization, folks. And without further um, ado, I want to bring on Mr. Robert Wallace. Good evening, Robert. Good evening, Garrett. Thank you for having us on. Oh, I tell you what, thank you so much for coming on to the show tonight. It's our honor to have you guys and girls on, and it's just been amazing to watch all of you over the past, I mean, I've been watching you for months now, you know, you guys standing up, going to these school board meetings, city commission meetings, uh, going to educational committees and so forth. It's just, you guys are everywhere, and your organization is obviously growing very, very fast right now. So can you just give our audience a little history on you know, how this all started, how the Gays Against Groomers really began. I know the founder, Jamie Mitchell, founded it, but how did this all come about and when? Well, we came into existence just over a year ago. So we're about uh, one year and one month uh, into our existence, just at our anniversary. And it was formed out of necessity. Necessity is a mother of invention. Well, the times just became such that these things have started rising and occurring in schools and it just went unchecked and it just started to go. And it, and it seemed that uh, the, that's what the gay community was saying they wanted. But meanwhile, there's actual members of the gay community standing by saying, what is going on? Who's, who's the spokesperson? What's terrible. It's terrible things happening. And so the movement was founded, as you said, by Jamie, uh, Michelle, and that was in order to um, just start addressing, putting a voice to it. And very quickly, it uh, it went viral, and, uh, and then membership started to accumulate uh, within the organization, and then a structure happened, and it really just grew out of a single page, out of just a need to say something, and it's exploded ever since. Unbelievable. It, it, that actually just gave me the chills, because that's almost the, the story of our movement that started over three years ago, just ordinary people doing extraordinary things, just normal Americans. Um, and I'm sorry, Jamie, I said your last name. It's Michelle, Jamie Michelle. Okay, That's there right. we go. The founder. And my goodness gracious, I can only imagine, especially in the beginning, you know, in the beginning, it's obviously very scary when you stand up and you put yourself out there and you tend to think that you're alone. Like you're the only one. There might be a few others, but unbelievable what you guys have done in such a short amount of time. I mean, there's hundreds of thousands, it seems like online right now that I'm watching that are apart of your organization is what are the numbers? Do you know? Uh, we have a quarter of a million followers on our Twitter, the same on our Instagram. Uh, we have, uh, and I'm not sure what the exact number of membership is. I know here in Arizona, we have um, 20, 30 people or so that have expressed interest that are either being onboarded or in the process of being onboarded into membership. And um, it's just been a whole thing getting everybody all the members onboarded and all the different state chapters so robert when did you get involved i've been with the organization for going on seven months uh so it was really uh, toward the end of last year in 2022 uh, november december and then uh around uh, december uh that's when i ended up at the the end of that that's when i ended up kind of taking the role as a arizona chapter lead Okay, so like when when you first, I mean, when did you first see the gays against groomers? So like, did you see it online? 
Were you like, yeah. hey, this is exactly how I feel? Like, what was your kind of emotions when you seen it? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I would, I probably would just say it, it, it resonated with, I got goosebumps. I felt uh, magnetically attracted to it. My alert antennas stuck right up and I said, that's happening. That's it. That's, that's exactly how I feel. And uh, I, I got to jump into it. And so, yeah, it is kind of a magnetic attraction. When you hear it, it just rings a bell and it's like, yes. And it's amazing when you say like the magnetic attraction, it, it almost seems like when it's the right thing to do, right? It, it's like that calling that allows you to say, yeah, I'm, I'm a part of something bigger than self right now. And they call that passion, right? And so it's it's pretty amazing to watch the growth of this thing. That's for sure. So I, I've been obviously reading a lot about like the organization, your website and going through that. And you guys even identified and say amongst yourselves that, you know, you can't stand that it's your organization that was found on love and acceptance has basically been hijacked by the, the radical leftists. That's what we call them. Um, that is basically hijacked your movement and just taken an entirely, totally different direction. Is that true? Is that what most of the gays against groomers um, members feel? Uh, yeah, absolutely. It has been hijacked. There are people without asking or surveying the community have taken upon themselves, took the initiative to go and to create this structure of LGBTQIAA plus education for the kids. And um, as a result of that, uh, we've had to we have to step in. We have to intervene. Our silence is uh, is really con constituting some kind of tacit agreement. To the degree that we don't see any say anything, do people just as well assume that that's how we feel? So uh, yes, our most everybody in our organization absolutely, I say everybody agrees that uh, the narrative has been hijacked from where we started. Yeah, I remember actually watching you. Um, I actually have a video clip that I posted a while back. I think it was in January or February when you went and spoke. I think it was the the Senate Education Committee. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Okay, yep. so what I what I want to do is I'm going to share that video with everyone right now, um, and then I would like to talk about what's going on in Arizona with what happened with that. So here here here's you. <laughs> Afternoon, Chairman and members of the committee. My name is Robert Wallace, and I'm here on behalf of Gays Against Groomers. I am the Arizona lead, and. We, what was the organization? I'm uh, sorry, Robert. Gays Against Groomers. Gays. Okay, thank you. Yeah. So uh, our, uh, we put our support behind this bill. Uh, we do believe that parents have the right to know what is going on with their child, the struggles they're going through, and not create an alternate reality for them at school while they go home and live a false reality with their parents. So um, as far as that's concerned, uh, uh, we also support the religious rights of people to uh, address others as they think they uh, that they should in the light of God and man's existence uh, with respect to what we were made to be. So, uh, you know, we, we might not all be on the same page as far as why we think we're this way or that or whether it's an aberration or what. But one thing we do know is that at least in terms of our natural science and psychology, gender dysphoria is a condition that should be treated and with compassion, that we shouldn't take this 
condition that affects a percentage of all humanity and blanket the rest of 99% of humanity with rules in order to accommodate that mental condition. And so I think we should handle people in that situation with compassion, but we shouldn't enforce uh, curating our behavior to it. You know, I love that because that sounds like common sense. Right. It felt like it felt like common sense. It feels like when you're coming from a place of common sense, the ideas kind of write themselves. You know, in that in that speech, as you can see, uh, you know, it's been six, seven months since I started to really get in the pace of delivering the message. So you can kind of see since then I've, I've you know really been able to to get a grip on. I've heard I've talked to so many people and I've heard so many angles, and it's really made me aware of of how we need to kind of come at this. Um, at that particular time, uh, that was uh, related to uh, the the pronouns. That was related to compuls- compulsory speech, compelled speech, um, and uh, and also whether or not we should be hiding, you know, the gender identity of the students from the parents. So that was an interesting thing. Now, with that, uh, that uh, was Senate Bill one thousand one. And then we also had Senate Bill 1040, which was a bathroom bill related to uh, non-biological members in the opposite sex uh, bathroom or changing room. And while it seemed that most everybody agreed, uh, the governor here, um, Katie Hobbs, uh, disagreed. And I, I don't know what to make of it exactly, because now she's being known as the veto queen. So do, do we take it personally that she's vetoed us with everything else that's come through? Um, it, she is very much obviously in in favor of this inclusion activity, uh, but it is making it very difficult when you got politicians, you got people coming together, they make a decision, everybody decides this is what we all want, and then we get to one person who says no. And, and I know that you can't really comment because you guys are a five hundred one c four. However. I can only imagine what Arizona would be like if Carrie Lake was at the helm of the ship right now. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, uh, of course, Gays Against Groomers is a uh, nonpartisan organization. So if uh, if I were to say anything about it, I'd be speaking from my personal capacity. And I'd say that as an Arizona resident, um, most of us uh, who are here on the ground trying to fight this particular battle um, you know, we're really behind uh, uh, the, the kind of messaging that Carrie had. And, you know, as everybody knows, a lot of stuff went south over here and it's making it very difficult for um, the individuals who are either, you know, they just identify as straight or or whatever, or they're in politics or not. Uh, it's making it difficult for people to uh, make a change. But I mean, I guess we wouldn't have this fight if there wasn't a challenge. So, you know, some boss man to go against. So that's right. And that was very well said. That was very political. What you just said, you, you kind of stayed neutral, but you kind of put your spin on. That's pretty good. You may have a future in politics, my man. <laughs> and I, from and advice to me, to you, don't do it. Don't, don't run for politics. <laughs> yeah. It's a dog eat dog situation in there. And you know what they say? I don't know who said it, but you know, when it wouldn't, People with with good intentions, good people going to politics, they generally don't last long. 
just because how muddy it gets it, or how you know, yeah yeah and uh running for governor in the state of michigan it was uh it was the best time of my life and the worst time of my li- worst time of my life you know the best time to go around the state of michigan and just really talk with the great people of michigan you know and you, it's like this in every state the majority of the people in these states are just fantastic great americans but unfortunately it's just a very very loud minority that tends to uh make life difficult for everyone that's for sure but i love what you said in the um in the committee hearing where you know we if we, basically to sum it up we come from a different variety of backgrounds and beliefs and we may not agree on everything but we need to have basically that conversation to move this country forward in my humble opinion and that's why i think it's so important because we are such a diverse country from many different people from a variety of different backgrounds and experiences and that's the only way that we move this country forward is we don't use force we use power and power is from conversation, um, good conversation, great conversation, a variety of conversation to come together and say, okay, we can come together and then move this forward. But what's happening, unfortunately, in our society, and you could probably um, agree to this, is it's too much force. And that's kind of what has happened with uh, the LGBTQ+, plus, uh, whatever the heck they want to call it now. Um, they, they hijacked your community and they're using force. And you can't use force. You you use power and powers through conversation and compromise and everything else. Yeah. And that's the hard thing is you, you know, it is a battle of good versus evil. And uh, we've got the good side just trying to protect the kids, trying to maintain some normalcy, trying to, you know, keep hold of our traditional values, you know, trying not to get sucked into you know, the the world in, in a certain sense. And then on the other hand, you've got people who are living for the day, uh, often very closely aligned with their egos, uh, with their sexual identity. Um, and everything is, uh, is about that. And so when you're coming from a place where everything is uh, about being attacked by the world for what you are, um, that victim mentality can make really contentious people. Uh, and of course, you know, if you feel like you're being attacked and the whole world hates you, you would feel that way. But that narrative is something that's being fed to them through people who are telling them that they're being victimized. We all know that gay people have never had it better. I don't know what in the world there is to fight for for a gay person. I'm gay married, you know? I don't feel like anything is under attack. I think if anything, you know, we can see that the LGBTQIAA+, uh, like you said, Alphabet Mafia has just gone off the rails and they are making very unrealistic, unfair demands of the rest of the world. And they're not things that have, you know, we have any vested interest in. Um, maybe some people do, but the core from the original movement, the gay, lesbian, bisexual, before we started getting into the, the trans and the queer and the furries and all this, we just wanted basic human rights. And so this is like a totally different thing happening. Yes, it, man, you hit the nail on the head. It's almost like what they have done with calling our country systemic racist, right? We're we're a country of systemic racism, and if you if you look back, even when I was growing up, like you and I are almost the same age, and racism is less than what it was when I was growing up, and we all can agree it's a whole hell of a lot better um, than it was back in the sixties and before that with the Jim Crow law. So every generation, it seems like racism is getting better. It's not perfect. But there's less racism. And I can say 
that even when we were growing up, uh, there wasn't that much. I mean, there was hate and everything with the gay community, but it was kind of like, okay, you do you, you, I'll do me. And that was it. I mean, there's hate in everything, but if you look now from when we were growing up to now, it seems like it's a whole heck of a lot better. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. I mean, I have, you know, black friends who tell me they've never really experienced racism. We got a generation who can say that. Of course, now you'll have less people saying that if, you know, they think if you you know, buy them anything, because there's a lot of people that are crying racism where there is none. But for the most part, race relations and, and gay relations have never been better. So this is, it's a red herring, you know, to say that we're trying to fight, we're under attack. That's, that's a lie. They are busy attacking and claiming to be the victim so that they can both be, um, you know, shielded by the people who aren't pay, paying attention. And while those same people blindly go out and, and push their agenda without any reflection on what's right or who really is being victimized here. Well said. Absolutely well said. Um, would you mind if I ask something personal of you, Robert? Especially sure. like when we, you and I talked on the phone a couple of days ago, and we were talking about, you know, where we were growing up and stuff. And Robert grew up by a couple of towns that I did in Michigan. He, he is from Michigan. Um, he bounced around a couple of towns. But we start talking about, you know, being Christian, right? And there may be some people that may not agree with your lifestyle or your beliefs or your decisions or anything else like that. And you just had some really great things to say when you're on the conversation. I said, can you say exactly that on the show? So I'm going to put you on the spot. Can you just kind of elaborate on some of the things that you and I talked about? Because I really feel that it's important for people to hear this message. Absolutely. So. Again, I'll just preface this by saying, just like Gays Against Groomers is nonpartisan, we're also uh, not we're not religious in that we don't we don't publicly subscribe to any one particular religion. But many of us, of course, all have our you know faith backgrounds. And I myself uh, grew up Christian, and I had uh, a strong interest in it, and I was uh, quite active uh, in churches, and 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 I had a, a very spiritual uh, sort of way of thinking. And, um, you know, what happened was for me, being gay was a real tough thing to come to terms with. I actually had a, a mother who had lesbian friends. I, I didn't really know them, but my mother was actually more supportive of the idea that I might be gay than I myself was. And so for me, it was a life of, you know, keeping it undercover, not talking about it. It was very embarrassing. I did not, I wasn't happy. I would have rather have been born straight. And I thought, um, you know, it's not like it's a, there's a world of guidance for, you know, gay people, especially way, you know, back then as there, well, now there is, but uh, as there is for straight people. So um, I went through a situation where I actually wanted to uh, become a eunuch uh, for a good portion of time. Uh, you know, biblically, it says the sons and daughters of God have a better name in heaven than, or rather the, yeah, the eunuchs uh, have a better name in heaven than sons and daughters of God. And, and I was thinking along those lines in conjunction with my gay shame. And I was thinking, you know what, this might be a good way to, you know, live my religion while at the same time uh, purging out or pushing away this, this part of myself. Well, the thing is, when you're going through life and you are a certain way, is that you can't really ignore some things away. You have to address them and you have to go through the struggle. And there's a lot of people that nowadays, especially, they'll take up their, their sexuality and sometimes their aberrated thinking or their, their lower impulses. And they'll take that as 
almost like a gospel from their soul. Like, this is me. This is what I want. This is, and they're so self-identified with every impulse that comes up out of them that there isn't really any questioning. Okay, why is that? Or, you know, where's the virtue in that? Or is, is there a perversity in here? And, and the fact is that, you know, a lot of people failed in our community and broadly, I mean, granted, society has become more or less, um, you know, secular and worldly and non-religious and, and whatever. But as a result of that, um, we have um, uh, not, we don't have the uh, the uh, consideration for, you know, our, our soul and some of these higher things. So I'm trying to remember because it was something I was going to say in particular, but the main thing is that we need to come to grips with whatever we are in an honest way and just deciding that this is how I am and you need to accept me and I'm not going to question or do any self-reflection. Uh, that is exactly how we get in this position where people are lost, where people are transgendered, converted over, the body parts are missing, and now they realize who they are. Yeah. Um it's just because that inner search has to happen before we start becoming social justice warriors, you know, and in this day and age, people are just uh, a lot of people uh, are really just ready to fight somebody and to blast out their sexuality and, uh, and without any consideration. And so if we're going to say that's okay, I mean, I've seen in my life what that turns into and we're seeing in society, what. uh, you know, a generation unchecked in that sense, in terms of perversions, will come to. Yes, you're exactly right. We just need more compassion and understanding. That is for gosh darn sure. And I also remember reading a statistic on your guys' Twitter page. Um, 80%, I think it was a, I'm, I might get this wrong, but 80% of transgenders, they would end up just being gay. Is, is, that, is that the stat? Yeah, I think the stat was actually... 87.5% of those who identify somewhere on the, uh, you know, trans, queer, you know, spectrum will go on to desist uh, in, in that trans thinking. So that means that most people who say they're trans today will at some point in the near future realize that not only am I in the right body and the right gender, but I'm actually just gay. And this isn't uh, this actually isn't a whole gender thing. This is just me being a gay person, and uh, you know, being gay is uh, that's that's a tough enough challenge. You don't need to step it up by spinning the bottle with your gender. And I tell you what, that goes right along with your guys's what you're saying in your mission statement about the the medicalization and the the butchering, what I'm calling it. What they're doing to these minors is you know chopping off body parts and everything else. You know, God made you the way that you are, you know, and I like what you're saying about acceptance. Be be great with who you are. And then you're going to just be a lot, a whole hell of a lot happier because we're seeing now the the horror stories and we're hearing the horror stories of these poor folks that go through that process and the medication, the side effects, the, the surgery's gone bad, the mental anguish. I mean, it's just, you just it rips out your heart when you hear these stories because basically they're they're just these medical personnel and these in they're just ruining these people's lives. They really are. Right. I think, you know, if we could just get to a place where we could get uh, the majority of, you know, the gay community, we get the majority of the population to say, you know, just because I'm gay doesn't mean 
you know, the rules about lusting don't apply to me, that the rules about promiscuity don't apply to me. You know, you might have some sort of struggle that you're dealing with that people don't understand, that isn't common, that's a tough struggle for you. But as soon as we give up the fight and we say, okay, well, none of the other morals apply to me that apply to straight people, you know, um, and that's a big thing in the gay community, you know, promiscuity, things like that. And uh, we need to hold ourselves to the same standards as the noble, traditional uh, heterosexuals that built this country. And as soon as we start making special dispensation, okay, there's some people, they were uh, disenfranchised from the church. And so they decided that's their excuse to be atheists and, and they're therefore godless. And therefore, and if we just go down that route, then we are going to uh, completely ruin our souls. We're going to ruin any uh, chance of recovering our culture. And, uh, and that's the thing. Everybody should be held to the same standard. And right now, the LGBTQIA people are just going ham and behaving in any which way. And they're going to call you a bigot if you say that that is not an acceptable part of their culture. And it's really just a part of the culture of fallen man. And it's nothing to be proud of. Well said, Robert. Well said. And it's tearing our country apart, especially with them taking away parents' rights and everything else. And it's just nothing good is going to come out of the path that we're currently on. And I'm so grateful for organizations like yours and people like you that are standing up and being a voice. Um, I can only imagine the, the negative feedback that some of you face when you guys started to get involved in this. And as you grow in numbers, I'm sure it will not be as as bad as it was in the beginning, but my goodness gracious, it, you guys are doing some great things. That's for sure. And uh, I, I can't thank you enough for taking some time out of your guys' busy schedule to, to come on and share your story and share some great information to a lot of folks that really need to hear it, to be honest with you. Well, I appreciate the uh, opportunity to give Gays Against Groomers a platform to share a message. Um, you know, if anybody out there identifies anywhere in the LGBT spectrum, thinks that, hey, this isn't okay, you want to join forces with a larger organization, which can help you get on track to, you know, make a difference in, in different ways, you know, we're here for you, you can join, uh, straight people can become allies with us. Um, you know, we're all in this fight together, we need each other, we need straight people with the gay people, we can't do it alone. And um, you know, the one thing that we have really gotten is a lot of encouragement from parents who are so happy that we are speaking out. And so I appreciate the opportunity to come up here and talk to you. You got it, Robert. Is there anything else you'd like to say to the audience before we uh, we, we shut her down here tonight? I, ju I just want to say protect the children. If you know something, something's going on. We need to put some uh, heat on something. Uh, a magnifying glass on it, you can write into us also, and we can do some investigating and help you get that out there. That's huge, folks. I mean, if you see anything or you need their help or you want them to expose, send them a message and they will do what they have been doing for the past year is just exposing what I like to say, all this hot garbage that is going on in our country right now. Robert, thank you so much. And please, Tell everyone in your community that we appreciate everything that you guys are doing and that I'm sure what you'll continue to do. 
Have a great night, sir. You too, Garrett. Thanks a lot. Yes, sir. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Wow. Um, Great, great interview with Robert. And they are just doing amazing things. That is for sure. And I want to end with this, um, with a couple of the videos that I found on their Twitter page. Uh, just with the, the some of their members giving their perspective on things, because I really feel that people need to hear what they feel and what they have to say. As a gay man, I'm done with pride. We have all the rights we need. I really don't see the purpose for it anymore. And at these events, kids get exposed to a lot of inappropriate things. So let's just be done with it. I'm done with Pride because once upon a time, the argument was that gay rights wasn't about sex. And yet at every Pride, it seems to be that's all it's about. In fact, it's like a contest to see who can be the most sexual and disgusting in public. And people are bringing their children to these events. It's not progressive for gay rights at all. Pride. Why should we be proud? Mutilating kids, making them into experiments. Nah, not me. Powerful. Very, very powerful. You know what you just saw? You know what you just heard over the past 30 minutes? Americans. And that is what makes this country so damn wonderful, is the diversity of many different people from many different backgrounds and experiences, from many different beliefs. But we all can agree on this. We're all in this together. We are all Americans. We may not agree with everything that everyone else may do or decisions that they make in their life or the bed that they may share with another human being, but we can all agree that we want what's best for this country. We want to make sure that our children thrive, and we want to make sure that all of our aspirations take root, our legacies grow, but most importantly, every single one of us out there, that our family trees flourish for generations to come. That is for sure. The grassrootsarmy.com store is open for another 10 days for patriotic merch for the 4th of July. You will get your patriotic merch by the 4th of July so you can wear it and be proud of American or be proud of America. That is for sure. So I want to show you all some of our merch that is available. This is a great line, folks, and what better way to piss off the left than wear patriotic merch around, okay? So this is available at the grassrootsarmy.com store. Go there, find out what you want, wear it proudly, because this organization, this movement of people continues to grow. My goodness gracious, the YouTube channel is going to be over 200,000 soon. We're growing on all platforms, and always remember, Evil wins when good people do nothing. Keep standing up. Keep fighting back. It's always darkest right before sunrise. And I've said this time and time again. We are blazing a trail right now so wide, so big, so full of hope and inspiration that everyone that doubted us, hated on us, attacked us, will have to humbly follow. That's how powerful we are as a people. Remember that. Until next time, God bless you, God bless the state of Michigan, and of course, in all ways, God bless these United States. I'll talk to you all soon. Goodbye.